Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Wisdom's Echo. This is a daily podcast brought to you exclusively by Origin Gate. My name is Elijah Ward, and it's my honor to share with you some things that have been on my heart a lot lately. You know, I'm always very, very thankful during this time of year as I remember the truth of what took place as Yahweh unfolded his incredible plan. You know, this podcast is being recorded just prior to this worldwide holiday that we celebrate called Christmas. And the thing about Christmas that I'm most grateful for, you know, it really has nothing to do with the exchange of like things, natural gifts. And as, even as much as I love going to meet with other family members, it goes a whole lot deeper even than the coming together of natural families to celebrate. I'm honestly most moved as I remember the truth that Yahweh is a God who didn't stand at a distance. He's, he's not a God that would see us in our human condition and in our failure to achieve some apex state of holy existence and abandon us after deciding that we, you know, the mess that we're in or our carnality was too much for his majesty to step into. But rather, he chose to show up and to not just do business from heavenly places and conduct the unfolding of his plan from the heavenly landscape, but he chose to get involved, to wrap himself in flesh, to spend years, you know, decades even, sitting in the middle of our mess, you know, existing within the framework of our culture, living under the construct of our laws, and literally loving us into the fulfillment of time, loving us into the fulfillment of our purpose, Um, and the fulfillment of his plan. And you know, there are so many religious ideologies that have attached themselves to us and that we've carried for way too long. And they paint this picture that God in his holiness is somehow incapable of approaching us without some kind of doings on our part, some kind of cleansing, some kind of purification that must take place in order to earn the presence of God and you know, to merit this status of being a walking habitation for his spirit. But the truth is that even though we looked nothing like the condition that he existed in within the hidden realms of his eternity, you know, he never decided that we were too far gone to live in the midst of. And because, you know, because of that truth, you know, we are liberated into this entirely new understanding um, of of who God is and, and what his heart is. You know, his plan was to forever bind all of humanity into the cosmic dance of Father, Son, and Ghost in such a way, actually, and to such a degree that we would be inseparably entangled in this beautiful joining of the Trinity, and we would never experience what it feels like to be separated. And, you know, there's a reason why he took his body with him when he ascended. It's it's not, you know, he didn't need a human body, but he came back for it. And ascended with it. And it's because he wanted to take the vessel of humanity and bind it back into this eternal dance. He is our body in the heavens. And we are his body in the earth. Now there's so, so, so much more around that. But, you know, I just feel myself sitting more deeply rooted in gratefulness as I consider the extent that he went to to ensure that the entirety of his family, not just some, all, you know, that the entirety of his family was intact and and in position. You know, I like to say that that is a king and this is a message 
that I can live for. So I wanted to share a couple things briefly today about, you know, how I've been discovering, you know, the truth about pain and how pain is often a necessary part of the process of establishing our purpose. Now, nobody likes to deal with pain. Pain is often something that we can, um, you know, uh, get overwhelmed by. It can make people weak. It can make you people question. And, and sometimes, you know, we assume it's punishment or judgment. Um, and even as it's prolonged, it starts to feel like, you know, that you begin to doubt some things. But the truth is that pain was really never an indicator of the abandonment of, of God's presence from the life of a believer. On the contrary, we literally see pain as the climactic moment in the lives of some of the greatest men and women of Yahweh in history. So how we deal with pain as modern believers is super important. Now, yes, we will continue to believe in faith that, you know, the favor of God upon us will allow us to operate in rest with an uncommon measure of blessing always. But how will we respond when we experience pain? That is the really the true testament of our character and our integrity and, and the truth of who we are. Now, we can all identify people, right, who dealt with pain as part of their process. Case in point, Yeshua the Christ, you know, the most um, the most agonizing by far, above all that I can think of. He, you know, he bore the sin of the world. He nullified the papers um, you know, accusations against humanity, revoked all of those, and he did it by enduring the collective pain of satisfying the full measure of the law. You know, his pain led him to death, but it didn't even stop there. The cross was the most successful moment in all of history, but it wasn't a defeat. You know, there's a knowledge um, uh, that it was a a victory, a, a, an impending victory, you know, that was taking place as you know, as he walked through that pain um, to establish the purpose. Now, um, there are two words, kind of that have just been kind of lodged in my spirit lately. Um, one of them is duplicity, and the other is dichotomy. Now, duplicity, not in the sense of you know, in some cases it means deceitfulness, but in the root of that word is like uh, the word that um, for duplex, you know, like a division or a twofoldness, um, a separation, being torn between two realities, um, and that's what I mean by duplicity. Now, dichotomy is like not in terms of being mutually exclusive or separated, but like the definition as it, as, as it appears in botany, you know, the study of plant life, it says, as in two branches that are stemming from the same root. So different expressions of the same tree, or like two sides of the same coin, if you will. Now, I've been meditating on these words and realizing that we have to understand how we operate as spiritual beings in natural skins, which is the dichotomy of our existence. We're both physically present and spiritually present. We have one being and two expressions. And we have to do that without allowing it to create in us a sense of duplicity. You know, Damon Thompson speaks a lot about interior duplicity. It's a division. It's the idea that it's either one or the other, um, you know, that we're either alive in the earth or alive in the heavens, that we're either this or we're either that, or that there's a jumping back and forth in belief systems. You know, we have to believe and operate from the truth that we exist fully present, concurrently rooted, you know, in both physical places and spiritual landscapes. 
Now Yeshua, as he was enduring the pain of his process, he held in his heart this truth that God's will was carrying him into a greater spiritual fulfillment than anything um, could be realized in the physical moment. When you're in that moment, it feels like there's not a lot of traction, right? But it may have, you know, it it may have even felt in many cases like defeat and and that like it was physically impossible. But the spiritual reality is that there was an incredible victory taking place. And, you know, that it would leverage a miracle called salvation for an entire species um, to, to not just be saved out of hell, but to, to saved in, you know, being saved into everlasting life. And because of that, the cross was not his end. The pain of that was not the, 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 the end of the road. Um, it was the beginning of the purpose. And so, you know, actually we see this moment where um, almost a, you know, a measure of, of this duplicity is kind of evident in the life of Christ when he was in the garden. And um, he revealed the fact that he had a will that was not the same as the Father's. And he dismissed it. He dismissed that duplicity by saying, Father, not my will, but yours. And so it's not wrong to experience those moments where this internal duplicity moves us to forget the fact that we exist in our purpose dichotomously, regardless of pain. Physical pain doesn't always evidence um you know, a spiritual wrongdoing. It could, it could evidence a spiritual birthing or the onset of a weightier glory or, you know, a purification by fire is another good example. But it really depends on how you see the pain. Do you see it as leverage or do you see it as punishment? Are you divided? Are you unstable and uncertain? Are you weakened by this pain? Or are you confident that every natural event has no other option but to leverage your timeless um, purpose, you know, in the Father. And another example I've had in my heart, um, especially this week after um, Aaron Smith at the Gates of Zion, he preached this powerful message on Sunday, but I've had David on my heart and I was reminded about the pain that he walked through. And his message on Sunday was about how all of that pain um, was, an, was, was a part of the process, but it didn't disqualify him from his purpose. And he actually had a seat of honor um, with scripture calling Yeshua the son of David. Like what an incredible honor. It was a huge purpose that he established, you know, leading Israel as their first king of the right order, um, preparing a way for the lineage of, of Yahweh's plan. But none of that happened without pain. And you know, one specific ex- example that I've meditated on is, you know, when David was traveling with his army, um, and Shimei of, of Gibeah, or Gavah in Hebrew, as I like to call it, he began to curse David and pelt him with stones. He was literally throwing stones at him and calling him a murderer. And, and when, when David's men asked if they could go over there and literally cut his head off, <laughs> David actually responded that he asked him, well, maybe, maybe Yahweh sent this man to curse and throw stones. So if Yahweh sent him, why would I stop him? And through the pain of even being had, having stones thrown at him, he continued to move forward, continued, you know, taking those blows and moving forward. And the funny thing that I really believe Yahweh was using those stones um, being thrown at him, you know, as a way to remind David of, of something much greater. It was his purpose, what he was ushering in, you know, the realm of Zion's 
arrival in the earth was first prophesied by Daniel as he interpreted um, Nebuchadnezzar's dream of this stone coming from out of heaven. It says actually that it was carved by no human hand. And it struck this golden image and shattered it. And it became, it grew into, the stone expanded into a great mountain that filled the whole earth. And you know, Yeshua was called the stone, the foundation stone, um, the rock of offense or the rock of stumbling. And he was the embodiment of Zion colliding with the natural world. In fact, Hebrews, um, uh, in Hebrews, um, not Hebrews, I'm sorry, in um, at the beginning of Matthew, the phrase that was used there for son of David is actually only one letter different in the Hebrew than stone of David. You know, and it's it's cool that Yeshua is that stone that was thrown into the earth to shatter Babylon, to establish Zion. He was even the stone that David struck Goliath with and, to, you know, bringing that entire kingdom. The man Goliath represented the system and it brought that entire system to its knees. You know, Yahweh uses the pain of that moment where David was taking stones from this person, cursing him. And he used it to remind him that despite the fact that this might hurt, my purpose is unfolding. And so, you know, my prayer um, is that we would all remember that as we walk through pain, you know, I'm reminded of people. I've, I've, I've you know, heard stories and I have, I've, I have acquaintances that are going through incredible pain right now. Um, it's, it's unimaginable. And, you know, my prayer is that we would remember this and encourage each other, encourage ourselves and others that, you know, physical, emotional, mental pain, whatever it is, disappointment, disaster, loss, that we can walk through this pain with the comfort of, of just knowing that God, that, that Yahweh can and will use this to perfect us into our purpose, that there is something beautiful coming from this to shape us, to form us, to prepare us, you know, that there is another side of the pain and it's the glory, the triumph. There's a victory um, and we will see it unfold as we're faithful to continue moving forward, you know, so call on him, you know, every day. It's, it should be, if it's not already a habit, it should be a habit. You should discover him anew every single day. You know, every moment should be an opportunity for you to discover him again and to fall in love with him again. And so don't let pain, though, cause you to question or, or to doubt. You know, it should be a stimulus. It should be an activating agent in moving us to draw near to Yahweh and to just desire and, and to be eager to see the unfolding of this incredible plan that he has for us. And so... You know, I want to wrap up with this quote because I'm reminded of an incredible man, um, you know, um, Apostle F. Nolan Ball. Um, you know, after mentioning Aaron Smith earlier in his message, there's a quote that he said a lot that said, I will persevere until I hold in my hands the dream I've held in my heart. What a powerful thing. So um, blessings to everyone. Uh, shalom and uh, have an incredible Merry Christmas. Um, thank you so much.